Hey everyone, um, welcome to episode number 10 of the Angus Number 10 Radio guys, Show. we're here at Double Digits, let's go Let's go! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 10 to the power of 1 Yeah, yeah, wait, trick question yeah, What's... We passed the 10 to yeah, the power of 0 say, threshold Yeah, I was going to say, like, um you remember learning 10 to the power of zero? That, like, threw me so hard. Anyway, sorry. Topic. Topic. Yeah. <laughs> me too. Me too. What, what, what else is confusing? Uh, imaginary numbers? No, oh, I never you, learned this. They're interesting, actually. Like, yeah, maybe I'll take that up someday if I'm super bored. Yeah, maybe we could do a podcast where you teach <laughs> I don't know. I can remember enough about them. I just make it up. I don't know. That. Yep. Anyway. So um yeah today um I was I've been listening to this uh, audiobook by this guy called David Goggins and it's kind of his biography and it but it's also like a self-help motivational book so um let me just do a little cheating <laughs> and the book's called Can't Hurt Me and I'm going to read some reviews on like I did listen to this book but I I I just want to make sure I don't forget certain bits but the first part is like kind of his life, so he's he's had like a bit of a bad childhood. His dad was like a pimp and gangster, and his dad used to like beat his mom and, you know, um, just overall was a pretty crappy guy. I think he also ran prostitutes, so he was a pimp and he used to drive prostitutes to Canada um, and used to beat up his mom and, and beat him up, him and his brother up as well. Uh, eventually, his mom uh, leaves his dad and goes to live in like some small town in Indiana. And while he's there, like he he talks about how um, he um, kind of instead of like, I think when when he was living with his dad, he had to he had a he had to work help out with his dad's business which was like a ice not a roller skating rink slash bar so he used to work in the roller skating rink and work in the bar until like quite late at night like 3 4 a.m and then he would go to school the next day but he would be so sleepy because he didn't get enough sleep that he didn't pay attention in class and because of that he said like to get through school he would just cheat and so he didn't really learn how to read or write and didn't know maths very well very good and then um eventually yeah, his his mom leaves his dad and he, you know, it's better, and that situation is better. But he goes to join the um, the Air Force, I think, and he becomes like this Air Force dude. <laughs> he becomes like some I forgot. He's got some job in the Air Force, which is like I think that he becomes an Air Force tactical air controller. Don't really know what that is. Um, then he leaves the military and he goes to work for Ecolab, which is um, it's like a kind of uh, infestation job. So he's got to set rat traps and kill cockroaches and spray for cockroaches and this kind of stuff. And while he's doing this job, he kind of gains a whole bunch of weight, get, gets up to about 300 pounds, you know, gets really fat, and he's just depressed. He's kind of thinking, what the hell am I doing with my life? Like, you know... I'm I'm struggling at this job and this job's a dead end job and um life sucks. And then he's watching T V and he sees like these Navy SEALs and they're um 
he's watching like the Navy SEALs training and he kind of thinks, man, I'd love to do that or I want to do that. And so he calls up um, a whole bunch of (laughs) army recruiters, which I think is really funny because I know army recruiters are really aggressive and they're usually the ones chasing after people. So when they get a call from someone who says they want to join the army, it must be (laughs) finally, (laughs) finally, (laughs) yeah, you know, but they all say, yeah, 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 you could do it. And then they ask him like his height and weight and he says 309. They said, no, man, you got to be below 200, I think, or 210 or I don't know. You need to lose 110 pounds before he can even qualify to to get into the army. Um, And he also needs to pass like this uh, aptitude test. And the funny thing is, like, because he didn't, um, it was so bad at school that he thought passing the aptitude test was more difficult than losing the right. weight, <laughs> which, like, 110 pounds is shitloads to lose. So he studies his ass off for, like, weeks and passes the test, and then he gets to work on losing the weight. Um, and he talks about, like, he he does do it. Eventually, he he gets down. He loses the hundred and nine pounds, and then he goes. Um, he um, joins the. He g- gets into the Navy SEAL test program or the Buds program, which is like basic underwater demolition survival. Um, and in this in this Navy SEALs training, they have like um, one they have like the first three weeks. I think the first three weeks are just physical training. So they just do a lot of running, a lot of swimming, a lot of push-ups, a lot of, um, you know, calisthenics type stuff. The first two weeks are just intense training. And the third week is just, they don't sleep for the whole week. So they go five days where they sleep like one hour or two hours every day. And they do lots of like running and push-ups and carrying logs and um, paddling out to sea. Um, yeah, so the, the book is kind of like about how how he built this mentality about how how he like changed his mind so that he was able to do all these things. And I, I think his general thesis is like most of the world is really yeah. soft at at the moment, and they're like not able to do anything, and everyone just wants to be comfortable and the way you can like achieve what you want to achieve is by um you know becoming tough and by doing hard work and to like be disgusted with the idea of like being comfortable mm. so it's, it's <laughs> the guy's a bit extreme <laughs> like <laughs> he does a lot of things that are pretty um like what um <laughs> like um, like he, he likes to do like what after after he's in the Navy SEALs, um, he decides he wants to like join, take part in ultra marathons, which is like a hundred yeah. mile races, and he wants to do this this one called Badlands, which is like through the through a desert, I think, and and mountains and all these all this rough terrain. Um, so he wants to sign up for this Badlands thing and he calls up the guy who organizes it and that guy says hey look you need to qualify for it so why don't you do like a 100 kilometer a 100 mile race there's one this weekend why don't you go do that and he um 
he just does it. So he, 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 I think three days from get from that phone call, he's like at a track, it's like a one mile track, and he does a hundred laps of this one mile track, and um, kind of talks you through, you know, doing that. <laughs> I think he he brought like some protein shakes or something and Ritz crackers, and that was like what he what he was fueling himself with for this for this 100 mile race um i'm all right. yeah it's it's a insane, really insane right like I, these stories are so i don't know to me at least i don't know what you take away actually yeah what's your takeaway that you get from this um i i think my takeaway is like i can work a lot harder or i can try a lot harder at and you know, whatever I want to achieve, it it is right. possible. Um, you just need to do the work. Right. Yeah. Is this guy inspire you, or is it more? He's just saying it is possible. Like, if I could do it, if I went from this low place and I went to this high place, if I could do it, you can do it too. Is that the message, or is it? Yeah, I think that's. I think that's kind of the message, and it's. Um, these guys often are, like often it's about exercise or physical fitness and um but for me like you know my goals are more like building yeah. a company and and uh but i think it still applies right like if you want to like if you want your apps to succeed you just need to put a lot of effort into them you know you can't just you can't if you if you do like 8 hours a day on on your applications you know coding your stuff coding your app marketing your app that's probably not enough yeah. right or it's going to take you a lot longer i mean i think we touched this analogy in the previous episode but i do feel like like say that exercise or exercise like physical oriented things have kind of a linear path on how to achieve them right um mm-hmm. like there's kind of a known way on how to get there like i think the biggest problem is actually probably what this guy talks a lot about is your psychology um, of how to overcome yep. like extreme stress or like being completely disgusted with the idea of being like of giving up or going backwards like yep. you're just like you've been there um, and you're just like no I'm never going back there again like there's nothing no matter what pain I feel it won't be it'll be nothing in comparison to where I was like that hopelessness um, and I could see that as being a driver whereas in yeah when you're talking about more abstract goals of like building a business because it's not as clear cut right it's not like you can just get up every day like the equivalent of doing you know your 10 mile run or something and eating well there i don't think there's an equivalent in the business world where it's like if you do x you will succeed um it can be very specific about the product or business you're trying to build um yeah, because if 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 you're like, you know, if you built, let's say you're built some app and it's like a really stupid idea and yep. nobody wants it, and if you just keep coding, yeah. and keep making new features, you might just, it may never work, right? Like, but I would say, you know, you need to put in, if you don't put in any hours and your ideas, yeah, of course it's yeah. going to fail, right? But if you do put in hours and you're not just like I, if you did do like 
12 hours a day on your business and it's a loser i think you would realize this is the wrong you know thing to build right you wouldn't you wouldn't just be sitting there coding the application you'd be kind of thinking okay i need to market this thing i need to talk to people i need to find out like you know how other people succeeded with their businesses and a lot of you know you 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 quickly learn oh i need to talk to customers or i and like it's just basically about talking to customers and building products so you start talking to customers you know you put 12 hours a day into talking to customers and then they probably you'll probably learn they don't want this thing and then you you know make a decision like okay change it to something else or start with or build something totally different i think that's Um, the main lesson right is like we talked about maybe the process of learning how to learn um, is like maybe recognizing that you're going to be... I, I kind of do this with a lot of areas of life. is just going into it with the same mentality you go into a new game, you, like especially if it's competitive. Mm-hmm. You just have to accept at the start you're going to get destroyed and you're going to be terrible at it. Um, and maybe you're not and maybe you're lucky and you're gifted. But I'd say most of the time you go in with that mentality and you go in with a mentality to learn more so than to succeed. Um, and it could be the same thing in the business sense. And it's more important to take as much away from your experience as you can as opposed to like, yeah, you're still trying to succeed, but the expectation isn't as high because you're like, maybe this idea doesn't work. What's more important is that I give it my best shot and then I call it and then I have another idea and I try that and I'm going to keep trying ideas until something works. And as long as yep. I improve the process and I improve and I, every time I make a better product and every time I get a better process and I network better and I get better at marketing, like then you're just improving your probabilities every time of hitting that mark. Um, yep. Yep. And like, I think in the same way that that's the psychology that then ties back into this guy, which is like not giving up. Um, it's like, yeah, maybe I'm going to fail this race or fail that race, but not from lack of trying. Um, yeah. I don't know if I went off too much of a tangent there. At least that's how the way I see it. Um, it also, like, potentially is some part of you. It's like, how much do you actually desire? Like, how much do you hunger for it? Like, from yep. him, like, when you're... I think sometimes, like being in a dark place can actually help like if you're there for a while i think it's so bad that it gives you like this dragon that's chasing you it's just like i just never ever want to go back there and i will do whatever is necessary to like improve um yeah i'm not sure because like if it's if it comes from a place of like say you're not that hungry for it because like say i'm struggling with this with japanese like learning japanese for example like every so often i get into it and i'm kind of like learning it but it just because it requires just so much effort i feel like i've actually been kind of stagnant in my skill progression Mm. um and it reminds me actually i saw this uh philosophy quote that i thought was really good i can't remember i think it was by nietzsche um made me think about where I was in life which was that if you have a why to live you can bear almost any how 
I thought that was really good. Mm. Like if you have a reason to live, if you have a reason to get up in the morning, if you have like a why on why you're looking forward to tomorrow or the next week or the next month, you have something that drives you, it almost doesn't matter what's in your face, right? Like it transforms, like everything is not a problem anymore. It's like, it's something to be overcome. Like it's a challenge. It's a test of your character. Like it just transforms your perspective of everything around it. Um, I actually wonder how many people who are listening to this, like that resonates with them or if it just, because I definitely think there might be some people that this might not make sense to maybe. Like, I'm not sure. Do you think everyone's going to gone through this process at one point or another or? What? Um, like what you're talking about with this book and like, say what you're going through with your, um, your business concept. And for me, it's something else. Um, I don't know. Like, just that idea of that hunger to actually grow beyond where you are. Oh. Um, I think ev- I think everyone gets that feeling. Like, you know, I want to... I was talking to a friend, and he was like, he's a trader, I think, and he his job was basically just staring at graphs and... I don't even know what he does, but his job is trading right. bonds, right? So he buys and sells bonds. Um, and then most of the time he's like looking at a Bloomberg terminal, looking at graphs. And he was saying like, he's been doing that, you know, since uni. So I guess 15 Jeez, years, yeah. right? So, yeah. So he was saying, he was talking to me about crypto or something. And he was saying, um, he feels like he's just sitting here watching these graphs and the world's moving on yeah. around him, right? Because, you know, would it, yeah, I don't know. Like, it, even though that's like a high-paying job, high-paying, high-status job, it's like... I mean, it can hit you it, and... You can still have more Yeah, definitely, right? Like, yeah. it maybe it's just a feeling of stagnation, right? Like, yeah. I guess I've got... Uh, I can think of at least one or two friends who, like, not even being in the, the high-status place but they feel like their um like their stagnation um mm. and i feel like that actually in some areas of my life like beyond japanese i feel like i've stagnated against my peers um mm. and i don't know that's something yeah i think that's true right i mean it's just yeah it's interesting like how you kind of come about that place of change like I'm just thinking for a lot of people like when do they reach that I kind of almost want to call it a catalyst or something like for this guy it seems like a lot of the stories have that in common it's like they just wake up one day and they're just like nah fuck this like I'm not doing this. Not I'm, I can't do this one more day. Um, yeah, for this Goggins guy, it was um his job was to spray like to kill rats and other pests, and he was spraying for cockroaches. And then for some, there was like a cockroach infestation or something. Like there was a massive horde of cockroaches, and he sprayed like under some 
fryer or something, and then he would just swarm <laughs> the cockroaches like they were just everywhere. And he just he just got his shit, put it in his truck, and then drove home and quit. And you know, he's like, "That's it, I'm done." And then he um, started trying to become a Navy SEAL, and that's quite a like. That's big insane, goal, right? Yeah, like yeah. On, yeah, you're like a hundred pounds of. He didn't choose a small goal. Or, that that that's like one of the toughest transformations you'd have to go through. Um, mm. But he did say, like, um, during, like, yeah, you need to get your fitness up to the level, to a certain level. But he said most of it was like about being mentally tough. Like they would try to, in that training, what they're trying to do is to find people who will like just not give up or who are just so tough that they're going to see like whatever objective they mm. have through. Um, even if they're like sleep deprived or exhausted and people are yelling at them, calling, like trying to convince them they can't do it. They'll keep going for it. There was one, like there was one story where um he's, they're doing some sort of like torture type training where they're just trying to wear him out, make, get him to get him exhausted. So they make them dig, they're at a beach and they make them like dig a hole with their hands and they're supposed to dig this hole and then get in the hole. And then, um, they fill that hole with water or something to make them cold. So he's like digging this hole and he's got like this big smile on his face. <laughs> and, and the, uh, instructor's like, um, what the hell is wrong with you? Why are you smiling? And then he's like, get the hell out of that hole. And he just keeps smiling and he keeps seeing, he's like, no, I'm serious. Get up, get out. And he gets him out of the hole. And he says to him, you're done. No, you're not allowed to participate. You have to too much. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone else has to do this PT. And he just stands there and watches for like the rest of the day because they're like, wait a minute, he likes this. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, it's kind of true. Yeah. Like if you're, I don't know. If, That's like, the ultimate transformation where like you actually enjoy the adversity, yeah. right? Like, and then it doesn't, yeah. it's not a penalty anymore, but it's a penalty for everyone else becomes actually your um your carrot right the the only other yeah. story that i can think of that relates to that a little bit is i think i it's gonna be Starcraft, <laughs> right? no 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 arnold schwarzenegger um i think it was i think i heard some story i don't know where it was from but about his journey to become mr universe mm. i think it was and like yeah. how he was doing, um, I think he was a builder as well as like outside of that, he was also doing weights and like, it was some story about like him going to the gym and then people seeing like how he would lift so much and the amount of shit he was doing, but he had this huge grin on his face and it's like, Jesus, like you're pushing yourself so hard. How can you be happy or something? And it's just like this idea that like in his head, every rep that he took was like one step closer to getting his goal. Um, like he just changed that perspective instead of it being this grind that he had to like wear down. It was like, it actually felt like he was making progress. Like he was moving towards his goal. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like this is only two. I'm not sure. Have you got a personal like anecdote of where that would be the case? Like, I'm not sure if I've been able to reach that place um, 
Yeah, I've done. I kind of like. I, I would say, um, the end of twenty sixteen, I quit my job, and I was working at this um, what's it called? I was working at like this contracting company or like outsourcing company, and I didn't like it because I was like, this team's not that strong, and it's like mostly me doing all the work, and I'm not really learning anything. So I, I, I was reading a lot of hacker news, and I was thinking I want to go get a job in San Francisco, right? Like. Um, that's my goal. And I told my bosses, I said, I'm going to, I'm quitting because I want to go work in San Francisco. <laughs> and they, were, they immediately tried to discourage me. They're like, no, you won't be able right. to. Um, and I also said, I want to, you know, work in a large team. I don't want to work by myself yep. all the time. And they said, look, there's not many large team jobs in Hong Kong. And I said, <laughs> you know, there's not many large software companies in Hong Kong. So they, I don't know if they lied to me, but they were basically yeah. wrong, right? But I just kind of ignored them, and my goal was get a job in San Francisco, and I um, I started applying, <laughs> and um, nobody would kind of reply. So I would say, hey, I'm in Hong Kong. Um, can I go for this job? And I realized, well, they're probably ignoring me because um, I'm not even in the right location. So I thought, ah, um, if I make it look like I'm there. Right. <laughs> they won't know that I'm not there, right? So I changed all my LinkedIn and GitHub and Twitter and this kind of stuff to yeah. San Francisco. And then I also, um, on my resume, I took off that I was in Hong Kong and I took off the location of the companies I was at. And I got a, I bought an American phone <laughs> <laughs> So I paid for a phone number on Skype in the US. And so, um, which is really annoying because th those numbers get recycled yeah. heavily. And I just kept getting random calls. One of them seemed to be an intercom or something. <laughs> like <laughs> somebody had set their intercom to link to the so Skype weird. number and they're not using it anymore. So people would buzz and then it would call me and like, hey man, I'm downstairs. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> they're like, I'm downstairs. I'm, I'm coming to get the package. It's like, what? <laughs> and I just get so many of those calls. Um, so yeah, I did that, and then recruiters would call. You know, I started getting uh, callbacks from recruiters, and cool. um, I remember one time they were like, "So, what salary are you looking for?" And I was on a really low salary in Hong Kong, and I kn I knew I was like, "Ah, oh, people in San Francisco get six yeah. figures, right?" So I was like, "Okay, I'll say a hundred thousand." Yeah. Right. And they were they laughed at me. They were like, "Yeah, I think we can do a bit better than that." Yeah, <laughs> you know, like because it's just like peanuts to them, really low, right? Yeah. In yeah, yeah. Over there, it's like <laughs> loser. Like, what are you gonna do? With yeah. So, um, <laughs> so I think eventually I started saying one fifty, and they're like, "Okay, <laughs> right. which <laughs> you know." So, um. Yeah, I've, 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 I. It took me a long time actually. Like, I lined my plan was line up some interviews, um, and then just go there and do the interviews. Um, so I lined up like four, and I went over, and I failed all four of them, and I was like, ah, shit. But <laughs> but I allocated a bit more time, so I did like the first four in a week, and then I allocated another four weeks to like find more interviews, and, um, you know do them and I just fail everything right. 
Like for the the five weeks I was there, I just failed every single interview I did. Um, and I think it's the the interviews they do there are really tough. Like I wouldn't say that I couldn't do those jobs. It's just that um, th- I've never done interviews right. that hard. And you really do need to prepare for them. It's like you know, th- like they say, you need to grind leak code yeah. and you need to buy books and watch YouTube videos. You really have to put in the work to like learn all this dumb stuff like um, red black trees and um, implementations of various data structures and implementations of various algorithms and um, in the last few days I was there I got onto this there's this recruiting company called uh, Triple Byte and they would give you like a programming interview and if you pass that then you kind of they would shortcut you onto the final round interview for all these other companies. So every company in San Francisco has like six or seven rounds of interview. Like there's yeah. a phone screen and then there's a there's like a take home and you know, there's six or seven rounds and that will take like two weeks to get through the whole process at least, right? So Triple Byte would like get you to just go in and do the on-site which was also like a full day. You'd go in for like eight hours, but at least you would just do, at least you'd be yeah. done in a day, right? So you could do you could do 10 interviews in two weeks, which um, is exhausting. But after doing like, you know, a few of them, you get pretty comfortable and you do see the same questions over and over again. Um, so eventually, uh, yeah, I started getting, I got, I think I got like three offers, um, so yeah, I did. I did achieve that goal, but I actually didn't take. So it why didn't you end up taking it after like putting in all that effort? Um, I got a oh. better job in Hong Kong. <laughs> I got a yeah. Right. So, uh, I applied as an Android developer in San Francisco because that's what I, I. Like I'd done so many different things, I wouldn't say I was an expert in anything, but I did kind of know that Android development is. I knew it was something that's hard yeah. to hire for, so I figured that would be like where I would yeah. stand out the most. Um, but I, you know, I got those Android developer jobs, and I just didn't want to do it. Like, I, you know, I kind of hate it. <laughs> it sucks. Is there something like about getting to the door where they like they offered you, and you're like, I've done this, and then you basically just make it a lifestyle <laughs> lifestyle decision? Um, well, it, it was also I just didn't like San Francisco. Very much. <laughs> so it was an it interesting was, um, goal to set from the start. It was an interesting sorry? goal to set from the start. Um. Yeah, I mean, some ways I regret doing it because it would have been kind of interesting. But I was, I just thought it was a kind of yeah. boring city, and it's a bit too lefty for me. <laughs> Not that I'm like far right or something. I just and the whole world is drifting left at this point, so. I feel like yeah. I think I lean left but I'm not far left and these guys right. are really far <laughs> just annoying actually <laughs> how far they are so I didn't like that and um, yeah the tax also is annoying like, I got the same salary yeah. in Hong Kong and tax is like 15% uh, yeah your tax so in Hong like, Kong is amazing um, yeah yeah no, that's that's a pretty epic story I mean, like, part of it actually, like, I think, does it tie back to, like, being okay with rejection? I'm not sure if this guy talked about it at all, right? Yeah. Um, 
And like, if he actually failed anything, did he talk about any of his trials? Did he fail things? Yeah, he failed the like he failed Navy SEALs training right. twice, two times I think were injuries or something. Oh, it's really sad. Like this Hell Week thing is like one five day, you know, no sleep, lots of exercise. Um, he did it. The first time he did it, he got injured and he had to drop out. Uh, second time he did it, he got through. And then something happened. He, I forgot what happened. Had some sort of problem. The third time he did it, um, halfway through the hell week, somebody died. One of the people in training Jesus. died. I think they drowned. Yeah, they drowned to death. And then because of that, um, the bosses said, "Okay, you know, hell week's over. We're not going to put you through it because, like, one of your friends died, and it's kind of unfair." Um, so you all pass. And he says, like, yeah, I was sad, but also relieved. Yeah. <laughs> Which you know, I think is very honest, right? Like, probably would be like, yeah, like, you're not happy he's gone, but you are happy that you don't have to do this hell weekend. Yeah. Anymore. And he did fail in some other things. Like, uh, later on, he does this, like, pull-up challenge. He's trying to break the pull-up world record, which I think is, like, 4,000 pull-ups. Are you serious? What the fuck? Yeah, in 24 hours, not, <laughs> not just in one go. Oh, okay, right. <laughs> it's um, like your arms would fall off. Um. Yeah, you just don't even eat anything. <laughs> um, and I think he has three goes at it, and I think he succeeds on he the fourth. He broke the world the record. I think he did, yeah. Maybe somebody's beaten him now. Yeah, it's him. It's That's him. insane. I, I don't know. Like, what do you think? How many pull-ups could we do in 24 hours? It would be super unimpressive <laughs> um, compared to 4,200. I mean... <laughs> uh, I don't know. I reckon I could probably, like, if I really pushed it, maybe, like, Two to three hundred, maybe. Like in a day, twenty four hours, hours, maybe two hundred. I'm like that's if I really pushed myself. But that's ten Is an it? hour. I think maybe I could. Yeah. Oh, no, that's too much then. Yeah, that's too, too little, little. You mean? I don't know what my recovery time would be because I've only just gotten to the point where I can do ten pull ups in a row. Like, cause, like until recently, I, I couldn't even do yeah, like. That's true three or like for a while I couldn't even do one um yeah so now I can I'm doing three sets of 10 every day um and that's getting easier but it, yeah like I don't know like I figure if I can do I'm doing 30 every day anyway and I'm not sore I imagine I could probably double or triple that and I'd be sore but over 24 hours I'm like maybe I could double that again I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know either. I I think I can do three. In yeah, order. that's my point. Like, pull-ups are really weird. Yeah. Like, I, I, I couldn't do so... one. I couldn't even do one for the longest time. So it feels really alien to me that I can do ten in a row now. Um, mm. It actually improves pretty quickly when um you start building that muscle. It's just a muscle that I think doesn't really get used in much else because I think it uses a bit of your back. Um, yeah. a lot of your back and like your lats or something and biceps helps a little bit yeah I think running's like that too like 
you very quickly get better at running, but swimming is not like that. Because <laughs> I think technique is more important right. than strength. You just need to be slip like slippy, <laughs> slippery. Sure, grabs the vaseline, just like rub yourself down, <laughs> just like go into the water, and then you can't pull yourself up there up the ladder. Go. You drown because you're too slippery. You can't get out. Yeah, it's also like, wait a minute, this water. Is really <laughs> let's like, let's fly instead oh. of swim. I had that that thought. Like, have you seen those um, hydrophobic materials or sprays? I was yeah. wondering. Like, I wanted to like spray myself down with that, and then like dive into a pool or something, and just be like, yeah. I wonder what that would look like when you're swimming, right? Like, you're not actually touching them. Like, I think the whole pool would just be cool. <laughs> <the pool. laughs> <That, laughs> I, I, I don't think it works like that. <laughs> but uh, it's just yeah, and then you just be in this large vat of air. Yeah, right. Like you get out and you just be dry. It would it'd be totally surreal. Like, I just wonder what swimming would be like when you're not actually contacting the water, right? It'd be. <laughs> I don't think it's <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> you just carrying a you bubble of water, water, a bubble of air around you. Or if you, what if you could swim like a dolphin? You know how like they like oh, jump yeah. out of the water. Do you think they do that because it's faster? I think they just fun. It looks like it's fun. It would be faster, right? I don't faster, think it's right? faster. It you're talking about they jump out of the water. But you you have less drag. Do they, yeah. Don't they jump up? Like uh, I'm pretty sure breaking surface tension. There's no way that's faster. It'd have to just be for fun. It'd be a social thing. <laughs> you're so disappointed. <laughs> like, how much, how much do they clear when they're, like, above water? It doesn't look like... I don't think... I think they can get a yeah, few meters. upwards, like vertically, but I mean horizontally. No, no, I think horizontally. A few. Meters. I reckon they swim. It's... I don't know. I'm basing this off expert <laughs> dolphin. We'll, we'll have to find a marine biologist and put this. Like, let's have Josh. He'll know. <laughs> oh, I was talking. I was talking to Josh Cohen, and he was like, for the longest time, he thought we were talking about him, and we're actually talking about um the other Josh. And he's like, oh, damn it. Um, like, oh no, you're special to us too, bro. You get the shout out. I was also talking about Josh Brown when I yeah. said we should. <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Josh Cohen was so funny. I remember in the first lecture I met him, it was like um, one of these IT subjects where they just kind of teach you how to use a computer. They're like, what is a keyboard? Uh, just like, or like, um, yeah, it was just, I would say, easy yeah. IT. Um, what does URL stand for? This kind of stuff. Um, Josh was just trolling the teacher for no reason. <laughs> it was not even in a mean way. Like, Do you know which teacher you had? Weird. It was a... Uh, uh, oh, right, right. I, so you were in the same grade as like in the same classes as that Josh. I was in some of the classes with Josh. So he we had You some two of them would there. have been like too much <laughs> like in a class. <laughs> I imagine one of you is like enough to like yeah, bring a bit of like chaos chaos to the to the classroom. Two of you, I could imagine the resonance that would have come off that. You two playing off each other. I, I wasn't. I really? wasn't like that at uni. 
I think I was like, one thing I did do anyways, I asked like tons of questions. Like whenever I didn't right. understand anything, I would just stop the whole class and like. That's a really rare skill. That. Like I don't know almost anyone who <laughs> actually, most people are terrified of asking questions. Yeah. Yeah. I learned that from some kid in my math class. Cause he was like, when I was in high school, he was, he never understood anything. Um, and I, like when I first got into a class with him, like, teacher would draw a six and it kind of looked like a seven he's like is that a six or a seven and i'll I'll be like what do you think like like six plus six equals 12 like it's obviously a six right but he just he would just clarify everything and i thought this guy's a dumbass and then when like when he would do a test he'd just get a hundred percent it's like he just really wants to know everything like he's like i don't get it how is you like you just he had no problem with sounding dumb and i think that might also be because right. he's not you know he's like well if i don't get it it means you're failing isn't, as a teacher isn't it's that my it? fault. like i've got the same vibe like i i definitely struggle to still ask questions in front of other people but yeah like you kind of there's that initial feeling where you just feel like the other person is actually a bit dense but sometimes that person actually mm-hmm. asks questions that everyone else is thinking and they're just too like embarrassed yeah. to ask yeah he yeah. did he did that's why i liked being in the class with him because like i would look at something and be like what the hell is this and then he would he would ask yeah. exactly that um um yeah and i did that a lot in at uni as well hmm. i think I, and i also skipped a lot of classes <laughs> <laughs> so uh turn up to like half the classes and i remember like skipping i think i skipped like two or three weeks and i turned up to class and I just didn't understand anything that was going on, and I just stopped every time. Like, hang on, just two weeks. Ago. I was like, yeah, but I wasn't, I wasn't here. That's so it. I, I was going to be know. like, this, this is looking like a really strong virtue, like asking questions. But you've tied it with this, like, this bad thing, which is like, well, I could just show up three weeks later and then just ask about all the things that I did. I wasn't here to, to hear the first time around. Like, we had this subject where, like, it was a type of maths, but like plus and minus didn't mean plus and minus so like they overloaded the operators or whatever it meant like it was like a combination type thing instead of uh, an addition or subtraction right. operator and so he'd be like a plus b and then the, it was like resulting in something that didn't make any sense to me i was like how what are you talking about and he's like angus these this is not addition <laughs> you know we went over this is this first set lesson. theory or matrices like, well, or something it might have been i can't remember right. what that thing was called anyway. it was a really weird type of math but um yeah, I was like, well, can you just explain it to me? Yeah. <laughs> and <Nice>. he did. <laughs> he did. And um, one time Wilson asked a question. Yeah. And you remember Wilson? One time Wilson asked a question. And the lecturer said, hey, man, we went over this yesterday. You know, you should know it. And then Wilson said, well, Angus always does this. <laughs> um, and you answer his questions. <laughs> and the lecturer's like, well, Angus doesn't have this question. Okay. <laughs> but if he came, he wouldn't ask that question. <laughs> but you were there, Wilson, so you should have paid attention. That's not fair at all. That's a, that's, yeah, yeah, it's not. It's just because Wilson's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Wilson was also a very inspirational guy. Like, um, I used to think he was like kind of nerdy to try or like to enjoy. Mm. academics but then I mean Wilson clearly did and 
it was just I kind of like respected how much he loved yeah. computer science, like <laughs> like in every class. I think his dad, not his dad, his grandfather and grandmother are computer wow. scientists, and he grew up with them. Um, so they taught him all that stuff, like at a really young age. Hmm. Wilson's a funny guy. Like, he said he used to smoke like twenty Jeez. cigarettes a day. And then one day he found it really bad for him. He's like, all right. Let's do it. <laughs> and then he just quit. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> These are bad. All right, all right. All right Actually, just, yeah. Are you I'm still drinking stop. the Coke? Yeah? yeah? Yeah, yeah. So not the same impact then? Um. Uh, I'm definitely not. <laughs> I don't know. Well, you know, I got yeah. another Wilson story. Um, we had this subject, I think it was like some sort of 3D OpenGL type subject, and you had to make something like a game, right. or I think you had to make a paint program and then something else, like something not that hard, but you yep. used OpenGL, right, to make it. Um, and Wilson, like, he would overdo his assessments, <laughs> he would always do like way more than you're expected to do, just because yep. he loved doing them. And he was also really slow, like, you could do Wilson's assessment within the time period, but Wilson was just slow and he would just obsess right. over everything. So he would like hand in, <laughs> he would hand in the assessment like five or six weeks late, but it was just the most beautiful piece of code. And he's like, everything's perfect. And he's done way more than you asked him. And so he, they wouldn't fail him. They'd just be like, okay, <laughs> fine, I'll tolerate this six week like assessment. And then, yeah. First, they said, but the next one has to be on time, and he's like, okay, okay. And the next one was also six weeks late. I think he even handed in after the semester. Like, like Wilson, uni's over. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's really hard on the admins because they have like specific times they have to give out grades, right? So, like, yeah, maybe they just passed him anyway because they're like, you don't hand it in. And but but that time they said to him, okay, Wilson, this I told you you got to hand in on time. You still haven't handed in, so I'm going to give you like a summer assessment. And they gave him another summer assessment. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel That's a bit funny. conflicted on this because I feel like to some degree you're actually like those are good habits. Like maybe for certain parts of the software engineering community, but I think generally like we tend to move very quickly and like. Um, yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know, what's your take on that? Like, I just feel like if you're... Like, I think in uni we could be a little bit more pedantic about being very, yeah. very detailed and very specific, but I think a, almost every project I worked on, like, there were certain parts of the projects where you had to be very specific and very careful, but for a lot of the other project, like, parts of the project, it's just like, man, we just need to slam this code out and, like, build these features. Um, and if there's problems, we'll come back to it. I don't know. In my opinion, yeah, I mean, it's you can't do that in industry, but you can. There's other areas where you can be a slower, right? Like if you're an indie game developer, you can. If if you know, there are indie game developers that are like Wilson, who just take as long as they maybe, and over-engineer everything. Like there's this guy uh, Jonathan Blow, he takes forever to do everything, but um. And he over-engineers everything, but he, but yeah, you're right. In most areas, that's not okay. But I, I think if you're assessing whether he oh yeah, it definitely does. Yeah, he does. But I'm saying like, there's a reason you have deadlines. Like that's another like it's actually an yeah. important skill. Yeah. 
because if you go into a company and you try to give them something six day like six weeks after like you probably just get sacked um like yeah even if you did the yeah. work and it's perfect it's just like yeah but they're actually like probably like a whole bunch of other teams and the client and all these other things that are like based on some kind of projected time scale which require your work and it's just like you're actually being a bit selfish by pushing that out like um that's true you're over engineered something that didn't need to be over engineered in a lot of cases like i'd say if you were building the core component to an engine like say if you were building the binance trading like order matching i'd be like yeah sure go ahead like build that thing to whatever your heart desires to make it as smooth and as beautiful as possible and handle all edge cases because that's so fundamental that everything else rests on it but in like almost every other case like if you're building a plugin or like some especially like user interface thing it's just like it doesn't matter if the code on this like website looks like crap as long as it like works or like it displays correctly yeah Um, yeah yeah so I think if you gave Wilson like a like a code monkey type job that would be awful yeah. he would suck at it um, but yeah if, if he's got something where it's like you know there's this perform there's this thing I don't know maybe it's like an advertising yeah. matching engine and if you can get one millisecond out of it we're going to make another like 10 yes, million yeah, every yeah. day so like go take as long as you need to get this extra I think that's millisecond right. like algorithm design would be big right yeah like if you're matching people or something. We're just optimizing, optimizing code, yep. right? Like with is yeah. more open. Or like go f- Yeah, go go in and write some assembly or go in and um make your own cache or yep. whatever. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Because yeah, like, Do you know what Wilson's doing at the moment? Just like like where he's at? I think he's working in could I think he's at Sydney Uni oh. doing hey, that's definitely one place you can spend just do whatever you want kind of yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, but like guys like Wilson, like there's so many guys that can do like oh smash yeah. out Jira's and do yeah. code monkey type stuff like me. Very but few there's people like, like Wilson. Yeah. Yeah, and then you know if you don't know how to, if you don't actually like go and do 10x what the assignment does, then you don't know how to do 10x what the assignment yeah. says, right? Like I think one of the assignments was like render a 3d model and wilson made like a <laughs> a game a 3d game a 3d game engine with like a scene and some guy who could walk yeah. along the scene so like it had like a he had like a i don't know what it's called but the terrain was like different and the character would move along the terrain which is really cool um just because he thought yeah. it was fun no i think i mean to branch this out beyond the Wilson, like essentially we're essentially saying someone like who has such a depth of passion for whatever they're doing. Like it doesn't even have to be programming, but someone who's like almost tied their identity and their passion to like that one thing. Like I find that extremely respectable. Like, I don't know. They're well, I, I, I agree because there's some times when I think that's a stupid thing to be, so passionate about like there's people that are really passionate about right. speed running and i think oh what a waste of time um but uh i don't know like i still kind of respect the work they put in and and how well they understand you know a specific game and how to play that game as quickly as possible 
Yeah, I don't know. There's like a a vibrance to those people, like an energy, like yeah. and a hunger yeah. that, um, I don't know. There's just something there, like even if it is something silly, like speed running, like they could. I don't know. It's like they found their niche in the world or something. It's like yeah. also like think like uh, like um. Like Formula One, yeah. if you're an F1 driver, everyone thinks, oh, that's really cool. Um, but how is it different from being a right. speedrunner? <laughs> right? It's like, they're very similar in some ways, right? I mean, I, I guess F1 driving pays a lot of money. So that's one way, you know. But I um, I kind of want to argue against that a little bit. Because I was going to say something similar, which is I think that like maybe if we look to the people in the top of their fields, we might find this as a general, like maybe consensus view. As like the people at the very tops of their fields, the elites are probably, if it's like skill related, then they probably do have that like intense passion for it and a discarding of everything else. Because I think money can be an incentive, but money doesn't bring you passion. Like money might be a byproduct to those people. Like, because you could imagine Wilson, right? Like he's not going to care if you offered him X more money to do some other task. He's just going to be more in line with, like, no, show me whichever task I, like, more closely resembles my values. Like, you kind of, you, yep. you know, you could offer him $10 million to do a code monkey job or, like, a million dollars to do or, like, a hundred k to do his beautiful engine. Um, I don't Maybe that's too extreme. Like, he might just take the $10 million one for, yeah. like, one year and then I, I'm rich and then go back to his beautiful engine. Um yeah, I don't know. Like, say, like, people like Magnus Carlsen for chess um, and, like, watching the documentary on, like, the OG team, like, winning Dota. Like, uh, like all not even the winning team, like, just, like, even the top, like, five, ten teams of Dota 2 are massively inspirational, like, watching their journeys. Um, like, meeting and learning about some of the journeys of the top StarCraft 2 players. Um... I was like meeting and talking with just some of the like top Brazilian jiu-jitsu wrestlers they're insane like I don't know like actually it doesn't happen very often in life that we get to like come up against the elite right like the super elite um Hmm. that sometimes we don't understand the sheer like gap between where we are and where they are and because uh, I don't think like even in like in Starcraft 2 I think I might have played GMs I think that's as high as I played against um, and they destroyed me like it was kind of interesting that like you think there should be a relatively small skill gap but it was actually pretty big and like there was this time where so we had a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu who was, like, wrestling people, um, just wrestling everyone, right? And I was, like, decent at the time, and I was wrestling him. And it just, like, I remember how much he made me feel like I was a baby. Like, he wasn't, like, pushing anything and, like, overly trying. It was just, this is insane. Like, I am completely powerless. Like, I don't think I've ever felt that feeling in my entire life. Like, in the same, like, way that maybe I played a GM in StarCraft 2, I could see 
like how he was better and everything and like how he beat me but it wasn't like an uncomprehendable gap whereas like what i had with bjj maybe it exists more in the physical realm um yeah i don't know like have you come across that kind of thing that much like i don't know like met someone who just i think you have i don't know do you have to be in the same like skill set where you're able to reflect on like what you thought where you stood and like where you thought where the world was and then someone comes in and they're just like by the way you have no idea how small you are and it's like oh that's really humbling um yeah it's also the starcraft 2 one because um i played this guy in oh it's starcraft 1 i played this guy in like the WCG yep. qualifier, so World Cyber Games qualifiers in 2004, and he beat me. And then he went on to Korea, I think, and he played um, the, in the tournament for Australia, and he lost to oh. everyone <laughs> in his group. <laughs> and they all just trashed him, and I thought, my god, this guy kicked my ass. And then he got destroyed in his group, and then that no one in that group, the winners of that group also yes. got eliminated yeah. in the next rounds. So I was like, "This guy is mm. like the worst of the best, <laughs> and he's totally destroyed me." And the people who destroyed him got completely destroyed, and the people who beat that person was <laughs> got completely destroyed. Yeah, you go. There's that's yeah. I mean, I can't remember what it felt like. Um, I think it was just a bit eye-opening. I don't remember thinking I was threatened or anything or, like, cowering from it. Like, I think, because you can also look at that and, like, you can look at that person and you kind of want to make them your mentor. <laughs> it's just, like, this is insane. Like, mm. yeah, you can show me the way, like, how to be this, show me how to be like you. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I've found the same thing in programming. Um, like, you must have met some really good programmers, right? Like, in your time. But... Yeah, and it's like, um, when I was at uni, the best guy I knew was Wilson and you and yeah. Josh, I think. Josh. <laughs> <laughs> he takes offense to that. <laughs> uh, and then in... And then after uni, I think I met my, I, I think I worked, the first job I worked in, I kind of thought I was roughly the same skills as the guys I worked with, which is probably not true, but I just thought that anyway. And then I, in 2013, I worked with somebody on a project and he was way ahead of me. Like we were both started this Android project and we had never done Android yep. development before, but this guy was picking it up a lot quicker than I was. And I thought, ah, this guy's much better programmer than I am. Um, like whenever he, there was a problem, I would make up a solution. He would say, "Like, look, there's already an existing solution," and I guess he just knew that because he had done so much more programming than I had. So he right. knew, like, um, one or like a database migration. I was thinking about making my own database migrator, and he said, "No, <laughs> there will <Yeah>. be <laughs> one out there. We don't need to make it ourselves." Right. Whereas I came from game development, and I think you kind of do a lot more yourself in game Yeah, development. yeah. Like, in the real world, um, there are just so many... Yeah. Like, especially because there's a lot of established infrastructure. The, so there's just, like... Yeah. Like, in, in the in the business world, like, you're just making the same application over and yeah. over again. 
and in game everything's very custom yeah there's so many yeah there's so many different types of games you could make um and there aren't that many tools it's getting like unity try has been trying to change that right um but often when you use those things you're like "Mm." (laughs) version of what i had in mind yeah that's a a trade-off it's like a trade-off it's like, oh, I could just use this thing and learn how to use this thing, but it's kind of janky. Or I could just write 100 lines of code. And then it's never 100 lines of code, um, and it always takes you 10 times longer than you thought. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then when I went to work at the bank, like I was working with three other guys, and they were all yeah. way better than me. And <laughs> it was like a situation where I was so bad that, um, or so behind them that like the best thing for me to do was to just pair program with them all day, which is basically just watching them code so I could learn how to right. code like them. So in what way were they better? Because I think I've had this discussion with Josh. and um, They knew how to write tests, right. and I had right. never written tests right. before. They did, like, functional programming. Oh, I hate functional um, so programming. I think it's all right. Like, map and, map and flat map and uh, filter and... It's just can be good. Um, and they also knew a lot about like various databases right. and message queues and uh, DevOps and server management. Stuff I had like never done. So they would like they were mentioning Mongo. Yeah. <laughs> they were me- they were talking about like, oh our Mongo our database isn't isn't um replicating. So you have like they they had it set up so that you'd have two database servers. And so when you're writing to the database, you'd write to the primary database. And then the primary database would copy over to the secondary database live. So when you do a write, it writes to the primary. And then there's like some other mechanism that keeps the secondary uh, in sync, right? So it might have like a 10 second delay. And so the idea is if your primary crashes, then you can immediately switch over to the secondary automatically as well. So if there's like a yeah. power failure in your um, data center, then you, you don't lose the, your I application guess, stays up. Oh, my question was more trying to allude to, I feel like programming is such a diverse skill set that when I first started and I was like, oh, I'm going to be the best programmer. And then I realized there are actually so many attributes of being a programmer um mm-hmm. that like it, it's not as clear to compare people like say if you wanted to be a better like if you want to say who's a better martial artist you just get two people to fight each other because it's a competitive skill or yeah. it's like who's a better runner like maybe you go who can run it the fastest and programming is more like i don't know what's a good analogy here like being the writer of a book or something maybe or um where there are just so many different skills. Like, you touched on a lot of them already. It's like, A, it's like, how quickly can you pick up a new technology? Uh, Because that's that's really important because we just live, like, by the nature of our job type, things just change all the time and we're always going to have to keep learning new things. Then there's, like, B, like, maybe how well you're able to, how quickly you can implement changes and, like, maybe find and reduce bugs. There's documentation. Um, there's just general knowledge about your specific field or experience in that. Like as you said, like 
that's why yeah. I, I'm not sure if, like, say, if you come into a new place, like, those programmers might have been working with MongoDB or something for, like, five plus years, and you come in with no experience. Like, I'm not sure, technically, does, like, that make you a better programmer or not, or you just lack the experience in that specific thing. Like, maybe if you both had five yeah, years... Yeah, so I, I would say they could do my job better than yeah. I could do it, right? So I, I, And that's because, like, I not much experience. Yeah, I was just yeah. inexperienced, right? Like with that specific job and if you said to them go build a game then i would be yeah. the most experienced right so i you know or if you said um go do some android app then i would yes. be way more experienced than them and, and i was also a better like competitive programmer than they were so i could um i would beat them at like um like algorithm design and stuff uh, competitive pr- yeah like that kind of stuff but you know yeah you, you're totally right there's so much more um there's so many facets of being a programmer that you know it's not possible to be the best at everything although you can you can be better than somebody else yeah no, there's definitely like some programmers that just like kill everything and you're like okay well clearly you just make it a non-argument because you're just better at everything I can't even like yeah. nitpick like one or two fields um, I, I yeah. can think of like at least two people that I've met that I thought were like, a class above me like pretty clearly, um, uh, I can't remember what it was. I think University of Sydney or something was running this thing where they did um, computer class like camp for like year twelve and eleven students, um, mm-hmm. and one was the uh, the professor who was running the course, and like he was doing natural language processing before like all the deep neural net stuff happened. Um, but to some degree, I think not just as a coder, but like, I think the complexity of his project, like, and maybe that's something that like hits me with like programmers because like, I think a lot of programmers may be given enough time. Maybe that's like, uh, an attribute that's interesting is like how complex a project or an application could you build? Like if you were given enough time, we said like with Starcraft two, it's like, even if you gave them all the time in the world, would they be able to reach GM? Right? That's a question. Yeah. It's the same thing with programming. It's like, given enough time, could you build a natural language processing thing and understand all the nuances that went into it? Or could you build a platform that trades as securely and as quickly as Binance, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's like there are a lot more things built into that system that you may not understand. And like, I don't know, that was just massive respect seeing people who build what I would conceive to be massively complex undertakings. Um, and then potentially it's also like the way that people problem solve. I think I was a part of that camp. I met someone who I think ended up becoming, what do you call it when the person gets like the top score in the whole university or something? They get awarded something. I think it's ducks in high school. I think they call it something different for universities. Cause I think Josh almost got one. Um, yeah. He basically earned one, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I can't remember what they call it. Anyway, but he ended up becoming that. And when I met him in that that camp, it's just the way, like, the problem-solving capability, like, when you talk to those people or you see them, like, start to flesh out a problem. Like, it's just maybe just the general way their, their mind works and the way they tear down problems in ways that you're, like, 
that's insane. Like, I, I'm getting that a lot more actually from like podcasts in general. Like, when you listen to certain people, like some people ground me, but there's like we talked about. I think it was Suzu or something. I was listening through specifically about how he runs his um, crypto trading and like the way he sees the world, and it's just like. Jesus Christ, your mind works on, like, a whole other level. Um, like, yeah, those people, I'm just like, I don't know. Like, you're the you're the black belt of BJJ to me. Like, I can't... I, I'm, I'm struggling to even listen to what you're saying, <laughs> you know? Um, let alone thinking of, like, reaching where you are. But those people inspire me, too, because they're like, you have so much further to grow. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. Um, so we were talking about the book. <laughs> you can't hurt me. Master your mind and defy the odds. Yeah, so I would say it's it a good book. book. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's worth... I, I listened to the audiobook version, which I thought was okay. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely motivated me in the last... Two so you years. read this recently, or so listened to it recently. Yep, yep. I just finished it today. So what's changed since before and after you read the book? I've been running a lot. <laughs> I've been running like every day since I read the book. I just, I don't know. I think I got a lot more positive as well. Like I've Is that where we started the podcast as well, roughly? No? Mm, it could be. Let me find out. I should. I can check for my Gmail receipts. Gmail, Gmail, Gmail. Oh, by the way. It yep. was seven days ago. Heb 10. Right. So it was after. Um, yeah, it's interesting. You were saying, yes. I gave you a challenge for this week. How are you going on the challenge? I haven't done it. I, I found it really hard. Why? You're coming up with someone to give it to, or, or yeah, and I yeah, no, it does weird. feel it. That's the point. Um, it's like asking questions in front of a class full of people. You know, it's just, but like you're just putting positivity out into the world. Just like if you're struggling with it, just go with the first person, or like no, like I don't know. Go to when you go to Woolies, just give it to the, the serving chick if you can't think of anyone else. I'll let you. That was like the weirdest. It's, it doesn't matter. I, I would rather go to like a Woolies. I would never go to again. Yeah, my other friend thinks it's gonna make it really weird between you and them. They thought I that bet, as well. Right? I told you about my experience with the Cortado stuff. Yeah. When? He, yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, I did. Like, I think I was talking. I was texting you as I was doing it, and I was like, "All right, I do feel weird. Um, I'm like hyper conscious about like now what they're saying." Um, I'm like, I don't know, paying more attention to the mood and stuff of the, the thing is, I don't know. It's kind of like you put yourself out there and you've made yourself vulnerable. Um, but I think it actually, it like, at least in that context, it was positively received and they came over and thanked me for it. And I think those things like, I don't know. I like to think of them as like, you're putting a seed out there, like a positivity, and like, cause like if you make that one person positive or a couple of people, then they'll like translate it to their friends, like that positivity will grow. Like in the same way that you read this book, right? 
or listen to this book and then you feel uplifted and then you want to share it with other people and then you uplift other people around you it just like it has actually like a bit of a, a knock-on effect um yes and especially to do with lockdown i think we're all feeling like a little bit tense like and also like the global situation um with just how things are unfolding recently we're all feeling a bit tense um i don't know like you don't have to do it i just think like i i totally i've tried to i just i just couldn't think of it and i couldn't think i've done something similar like um one time I was in, I went to the Philippines for a wedding and I had too much cash afterwards. And then I, uh, I just walked around the airport and I gave the cash to mm. the cleaners. Um, that was like, it was a nice thing, but it's, it's not a note. A note is it's kind personal. of nicer in a way. Maybe. I don't know. Like, no, I think it's the yeah. same thing, honestly. Like you giving cash to cleaners, it's this, like it still comes to the place of like where you're giving you're giving to other people and showing recognition um, on some level and not expecting anything back. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah. I, I know it's hard because I honestly, yeah, I'm struggling. I said we're going to do two people and I haven't done my second one because the first one I already had, I had thought about it a lot because like, I really, I felt like a lot of gratitude for that cafe um, I'm thinking I might even do the second one for someone a bit more close to because I was thinking about like it was a bit um, like so the, the staff I don't really know that well like it was kind of close enough that because I was even thinking like do I give them a note like walking out or do I give it to them at the start and, like I'll try to see how weird this is yeah. like I'll, I'll give it to them at the start and then see if what happens as opposed to like giving it to them and running away um, and I think I told you, like, like my food was also, like, excellent. And, yeah, so, it's like... Um, Did it give you, like, an extra... No, <laughs> nothing like that. It's just... Uh, what? Attention <laughs> to detail thing. Um, the, the food was always, like, really good anyway. It's just not, like... It was, it's just... What did you uh, get? The same thing I always get. I get, like, this, um, like, eggs on toast... Uh, and it's I don't know what they've got in it like honestly I don't know enough about food yet they do something to these eggs or they put something on top of it and it just tastes fucking amazing it's just like it's better than like because normal eggs are generally pretty plain or like you can put like a little bit of salt or something on them but I don't know it's they've done something to them they're amazing Um, and it's like the specific bread they're using and the butter and like the way the butter plays with everything it's just it's all really great um mm. and yeah it's the vibe of the cafe but i was thinking like there's a guy at bjj uh I, I think i i'm starting to notice like a personality type that stands out in like some of these communities it's like someone who's like very warm and well welcoming and accepting and i don't know i kind of like to think of it like the papa bear of communities maybe um Mm -hmm. but they're also like talented and like but they'll also be like supportive of you like they won't take shit or like they'll defend you and stuff if things go wrong and i think like i think i want to write that person a letter of gratitude like just for like the general atmosphere he creates like even though he hasn't done anything specifically for me maybe um 
but I was also thinking like I think that kind of person is also maybe the least person who needs it um like I think it would still show a sign of gratitude it's just like that person's life is already like so complete like they're still they're so full of warmth that there's probably better people to give it to um yeah I but if you feel most comfortable giving to them I think something wrong with it there's been like you don't have to limit yourself at one that's true I could give out more like I'm gonna try and get into a routine of maybe doing it every week um yeah there's been like new like this is where I'm more uncomfortable right where like there's been people I've I have a less of a like I say like I'm fairly new with that person but I feel like he would be like more on board with it. Like at weird, maybe he makes a joke out of it and it's fine. But like, say there's other people that I know that I don't know, the, the connection is a little bit more tenuous between me and them. Um, yep. but I actually like being around them and they're super interesting people. And I'm just worried like that it'll come across the wrong way. Um, <laughs> yeah, I did that to yeah. someone once. I yeah, right. I was at like this that's... um I was at this um this uh workshop in San Francisco and you were learning how to do like hacking or something. It was a free one. It's a free workshop so I thought, oh check it out, it sounds fun. And then I was talking to this I was just being a jerk or something, I was making smart alley like dumbass jokes in the workshop or whatever. And then um in the break there was like some food or whatever and I was talking to this girl and she's like, I she she said, Ah, oh, it was really funny what you were saying that guy and I was like oh thanks and then we talked about some stuff for a bit and then afterwards I said hey it's good meeting you um can I get your like Facebook or something and she's like oh hmm uh, okay and then <laughs> she I I showed her my Facebook or something and then she added me and then I added her back and then two days later she deleted me and I was like hmm hmm you know I that's guess it, some people just I mean like that sounded like a normal like opening up like that doesn't sound like something creeping out like i mean like if the same case scenario you had that conversation didn't add you to facebook but like two days later you give her this letter that says like hey (laughs) having that conversation with you the other day was like like really great um i don't know no i i think it's not a good i think it's like yeah that stuff happens but this you still shouldn't be put off by it it's like there's nothing wrong with writing a nice letter to someone, even if they are a stranger. All right, I'm going to nice do it. I'll, I'll do something tomorrow. I'll give it to someone tomorrow. I'll work it out. Maybe I, I'll try to... Okay. I should push myself a little bit. I'll, I'll try to, like, maybe give it to someone I think it's going to be a bit more uncomfortable with, just to, like, push that boundary and not play it safe as much. Um, and maybe I'll just make it like, all right, maybe this is going to be a bit weird, but <laughs> this is what I'm trying to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just good, like good break the ice. It's like, yeah, I know this is a bit weird. I'm trying this new thing. Um, yeah, I will see. I'll work it out. Um, yeah, all right, cool. Um, and you're going to give... Would, I'll let you, you can just do one letter. It's any way you want. Any way you want. Just get... Just it could be like you just drive to a server you never go to and just give it to the guy there. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, just like just see what the, like linger in that feeling a little bit, that weirdness feeling, and then maybe it won't feel as weird on the next one. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Is there? 
anything else we should cover? I think we've been going for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. I'll catch you in the next episode.